If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like not happening. <laughs> so. We are, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. We at the Flatbed want to tell you thank you for telling your friends and family. Our growth has been actually pretty surprising to us also, but what would be a giant help would be if you would rate and review the podcast. It's how you get found in uh, other people's podcast apps where, you know, the compare, it's kind of hard to explain. I just know that it's a giant help when you go rate and review the podcast. It is a new day at the Flatbed Podcast. Let me tell you what I'm doing to tell you how it affects you. We are going into basically our second season. We're not calling it a season because I don't even know why you would do that. I mean, we're into our second year. That's all that means. We're adding a subscription option. What that means is not you have to pay to listen to every episode, but what we're doing is we're recording bonus content for every episode. With every guest, we're asking stupid questions. We're going completely off script. We're just going according to what we think would be funny. Um, it's just bonus content. And what I, what I found is you get a little a little better look into the person that's on the, on the podcast instead of being stiff or formal. Um, we start off with bonus content. We ask stupid questions. You get the, like the live reaction. We've said it's like an ink blot test, right? You just say whatever comes to mind first. I personally have enjoyed it. I've, I've loved the bonus content because like I said, you get to see a different side of whoever's in, uh, the studio, uh, for the month, it's five bucks for the month, for the entire month, which comes out to about like a dollar, a little like a dollar twenty-five per episode. So less than a Dr. Pepper, you get to listen to all the bonus content. You can click on it and add. Now, here's what this does. By helping fund a little bit of what we're doing, it allows some travel to places that we would like to go. Um, I was watching YouTube last night about the bullfights, and I was like, man, how cool would it be if we could go to Spain someday and talk to the people that run the bullfighting rings, right? Like go talk to the people that own the horses that are part of that. Like, and I'm only using that as an example. We're not trying to fund a trip to Spain, but, uh, you know, I would, I would love the option to financially be able to go to the places where things are happening that are interesting outside of maybe just only team roping in Arizona. I know we made a trip to Texas, so, um, we're adding the subscription site, but the truth is honestly, even if it was doing nothing, but funding my rockstar recovery bill every month, um, it, the, the, the content has been fun. It's been a blast. So like I said, $1.25 an episode is what you're, what you're investing. It is super easy. Um, and we haven't had, we haven't had one bonus segment yet that hasn't made everybody laugh. It's been fun. We've enjoyed it. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to release three free bonus episodes this week, give you an idea. Um, we're going to release three of them this week. You can take a look at them, see what you think. But then also after that, it'll be one per episode. We haven't recorded any podcast without also including bonus episodes. So, um, I would encourage you to check it out. It's fun. Um, I, I really do enjoy it. It's something I've actually, it's been a, it's been an addition to the podcast that I've enjoyed. So check it out. The flatbed podcast is brought to you by, um, we say companies, we say sponsors, but reality it's brought to you by other people in the same way that you're sitting here listening to this podcast. There are other people who are investing into this process financially that are bringing this to you so that you can listen to it for free. I love that there are people running companies that have the same shared values that we have in this industry. So when we talk to you about the people that are bringing you this podcast, please understand we're talking about a company, but really what we're talking about is the people. So part of what I do um, with the podcast is I answer a lot of social media questions or text messages from people asking questions about the products that we stand behind or that stand behind us. Um, I don't know what I can say about a quantity that hasn't already been said. 
Um, but one of the questions I get is like, okay, all right, but like for real, but actually, you know, what, what, what's it actually do? And here's, here's my answer. It is the thing that you pour into your overall program with what you're feeding, the exercise, the worming, the things that you're already doing. And equinity is the thing that goes in and fills the cracks using a natural program that the horse is already equipped with. The pituitary gland is sort of like the gauge system or the gauge program within the horse's body that tells it when it needs what it needs. And this goes in and benefits that better, better joint health, uh, amino acid in the muscles, things like that. You get a calmer horse that's more willing to go to work. Um, you can check them out at teamequinity.com, teamequinity.com. And like I said, we spend all this time and all this effort on our horse and equinity is the thing at an affordable price point, by the way, that you can put through your horse's system that fills in all the cracks and you end up with a better, well-rounded animal to go do what you need to do. So check them out, teamequinity.com. We are at the Ranch Hand Solar Lighting Booth in Las Vegas with Ricky Fanning. Previously, Ricky Ingesser, is that how you said it? Yep. You is it made the finals this year. How many times have you made it now? This is my second. So how far into the controversy do you want to go about the breakaway, or is that just something you're like avoiding? Because it seems like this is the hot topic this week of they just signed a new contract. I mean, I can go as far as you want and not at all. It doesn't really matter to me. Do you like talking about it, or is it something you don't care to talk about? No, I'm passionate for it. So, I mean, it's something that it's not hard to talk about. You know, it's weird. And I don't, I mean, being a guy, I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't know. But one of the challenges I think the breakaways face, and they're kind of painted into a corner, right, is that they want to be a part of the conversation. But if they get too angry, then you're the mad woman, right? Like, you guys are kind of painted into a corner of, like, you want to be a part of it, but then you're expected to be a certain demeanor in the conversation. Um, what's the, in your, in your mind, if you're, if you're having the conversation, what's the best approach as far as trying to be heard? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, sometimes we have to walk, like, we feel like we're walking on eggshells. So, I mean, sometimes we're, everyone loves us, and sometimes we have some people that don't because we do this, this, and this wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, and coming in as a new event, uh, a lot of some of the other events, too, aren't always on board with where we should be, what equal pay we should have, and then some of them are. Um, I mean, per personally, being in pro rodeoing for the last several years, um, it's one thing that, I mean, I feel like where we are right now is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, did we just see the contract come out? Absolutely. Does it kind of suck? Absolutely. But I think if we just keep, keep on the course, keep sticking with what we need to do, keep talking to the committees, keep building those relationships, I think we're going to get a lot further in the end. Um, well, and there's so much emphasis on the finals, right? Mm -hmm. But you look at Shelby that won the world this year. She won almost $200,000. So while the finals aren't going the way you guys want it to go, the regular season just keeps getting better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we got so many rodeos are taking us on, putting us in, or giving us equal added money. I mean, right. you got the Houston's, the San Antones, all those big rodeos took us on. And a lot of them have, like I said, equal added money. Yeah. Um, and yeah, watching Shelby break the season earning record and the third, fourth year being in the finals, yeah, it's at South Point. Yeah, we're not in the finals, but I mean, that's a step in the right direction. I mean, For we sure. got the, we got the money coming up now, and it's just going to keep getting bigger. Yeah. So where did you where did, where was home growing up? Where did it start? Spearfish, South Dakota. Is there? I'm not sure if you're allowed to ask people this. How old are you? 26. Okay, you're not old enough for that to be an offensive <laughs> question yet. So. Like when I was growing up, breakaway, goat tying, pole bending, like there was a ton of events that went through college and then that was it, right? Maybe some amateur rodeos and stuff like that. Did you guys 
How old were you when it started looking like maybe there was going to be a breakthrough to go make this a career? Do you remember the age about when that started happening? Yeah, so actually I was in Stephenville, Texas for school. I was going to school at Tarleton, um, and I moved there in 2018. So, yeah, I think about 2019 is when the first finals came out, and we found out about it after, like, like the last rodeo in Stephenville was basically where we found out that, oh, we're actually going to have our own finals. Well, it was kind of crappy, this timing we had it there. Um, so that year, I actually, like, Stephenville was my last rodeo, so I ended up 16th. Oh, no. To make it. And so that was the only thing that Did you rodeo as hard as you could that year? No, because we didn't think there was going to be a finals. We right. heard talk about it in the middle of the season or in the middle of the summer, but nothing ever came out. That's a lot there. of money to go spend on a maybe, we were, too. For sure. And so I was college rodeoing down there. So I just hit the pro rodeos. And I mean, we went some in the summer and I came back and I was like, oh, crap. Stephenville's my last college rodeo, like or last pro, pro rodeo. rodeo to make the finals and it didn't go my way. And so I ended up 16th. Um, but that was when I knew that it was just going to start getting better. Cause once we finally got that one finals, then I felt like, okay, now every year we're going to have a finals. Yeah. And having a finals, I know it's not like exactly how I had it mapped out, but it's a finals. So yes. ranch and family. Um, we, when I grew up, uh, not really. I mean, we have some cows and we mainly horses and stuff. Um, my dad owns a car leadership and my mom is a sixth grade special ed teacher. I didn't think they let people live in North Dakota unless they were ranchers. I thought that was like at the border. We're you have to South be ranch Dakota. or South Dakota. Okay. Sorry. Is there <laughs> a bit, is, it, is there a rivalry? How I is South Dakota? I always say we're the better Dakota. Well, you would say that, but <laughs> where I'm from is like the Dakotas are all one state. Yeah. Uh, how are they? Tell me how they're different. Um, in your opinion, you don't have to be right. Just in your opinion. Well, I mean, one thing is like our weather. I feel like's better. Your governor's cooler. I, absolutely, uh, and I really just say we're the better one because I never live in North Dakota. North, and we're like I think we're prettier where we are, like because we are the Badlands. Like and stuff. like prettier people is that what you're saying? Because well, that I seems mean, very rude. Like your people in South Dakota are prettier than people in North Dakota. You I heard mean, it I was here, folks. I'm talking about the landscape, but if just, you want to say the people, just, I'm all for it too. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against it. Sure, let's go that too. We <laughs> <laughs> can go down that route. <laughs> no, I like to just say because I've never lived there. Well, is North family. Dakota a little flatter on average too? I think so. Yeah. 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 So yeah, North South Dakota too. I didn't think you guys could live in that state unless you're ranchers. Everybody, there is a everybody lot. I know is like ranching family. Well, I actually married into a ranching family now. There, so now you're allowed now, to stay. Yeah, now I can stay. They won't kick me out. So now we live and we. I live in Martin, South Dakota now. It's a really small town, but now I we ranch there. Yeah. Yeah, you're now you're now you're officially local. Yeah. You're your family horse people. You said. Um. Actually, so my dad is. It's kind of funny. My dad is a. Um. Third. There was 13 of them growing up, and they lived Your in... Your dad had th 12 siblings? Yep, and he's the 11th, yeah. Yeah, we have a big family. And then, but they actually... Mormons? No. For the record, I think <laughs> you just broke the record for largest non-Mormon family. <laughs> it's impressive. It, that's incredible. It's impressive. They actually live in... Uh, they grew up in Baker, North Dakota. Okay. And um, they, yeah, no, they... I mean, my dad grew up on a ranch... All of them. Well, he lost his dad at the age of 14 in a oh, tractor wow. accident. Oh, no way. And so um, my grandma, they took, she took all of them to spearfish, all of them. And I mean, some of the older ones were out, but took all the rest of them to spearfish, moved into a house. Um, they actually still have uh, the Baker Place. Um, they call them the Baker Dozen. And so they, we still have that place out there. But no, after they moved to Spearfish, nothing really came about it. My mom was a basketball player. She went to school or college, played basketball. Um, and then my dad roped a little bit when growing up and stuff. And it's actually I have an older sibling that was 
kick butt in the rodeo world. What was his um, name? Sherman Ingesser. Sherman Ingesser. Sherman, yeah. That Rodeo people have some of the most unique names. Yeah. Like, I know that it's getting a little out of hand. You'll hear people name their kids, like, Buckle and <laughs> Dirt. And, Boots. Yeah. Uh, but, like, unique, genuinely unique names. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, like, actually, it's fun now to still, because a lot of the older generation, they'll come up to us and they'll hear the last name, Ingesser. Well, a lot of them remember my uncle, Sherman. Yeah. And he was really good in the calf roping, steer wrestling, team roping, and he did it for years. Um, and But my dad always team roped, and then we, he raised us on a ranch. He bought, him and my mom bought, um, a place out there and we had horses and calves and I mean we started roping when we were or riding when we were two and just kind of all fell in love with the sport but we really looking back we never came from like a real rodeo family so I know I'll probably get hate for this because it sounds like I'm saying one thing and I'm not so stick with me everybody before you get mad <laughs> in the northern states it is possible to get stuck in the vortex where you have success up there and either you never leave or you do leave and come south and it doesn't go as well as fast as you wanted it to. So you go back and now you're stuck in the vortex and you see it in all the Northern states. And, and if, if people are like, well, there's good guys that come out of the North. No, I agree. There are some very, very handy people that come from everywhere. Absolutely. But, but what people that haven't lived there maybe wouldn't know is that it can happen. You can get stuck where like you just become the amateur rodeo guy that you know, you, you're the big fish in the small pond. I know that there in, in Oregon, you see guys that are like the amateur mm -hmm. superstars that never were able to break out of that. And you stay there long enough and then you begin to know it. Now it becomes a mental hurdle and that's it. Game over. You're that guy. How, how were you able to, so like success early? Did you feel like you had success rodeo early? Yeah, we all had success in like the junior high rodeos, little bridges rodeos, and stuff growing up. Were you aware, like, because I don't, you know, kids, kids don't know how the world works yet. Yeah. Were you aware that of what I'm saying about how people can get stuck? Was there ever in the back of your mind this thought of like, I know it's going well, but do I have the ability to go out, like into the into the world? So I'm actually with you right there because I I went to um, Gillette, Wyoming, my first two years of college, and then I transferred down to. Stephenville, Texas to TSU. Um, and so I'm with you right there. I think it is harder to kind of get out. It's different, I would say. It's really different because you come from up north where, like for instance, in the breakaway roping, I mean, you got your toughs, but there's five, six, seven, that'll always make the college, yep. the short goes. And, but you go down south, you have 20, 25, 30 people that could always make the short goes down there. Um, so moving down. For those of you guys who don't know about Bale's hay, let me just tell you, it has changed the way that I feed alfalfa. I feed so much less hay. Um, part of that's with my partnership with Unbeatable, which by the way, check them out also, but I feed less of it because it's so dense. It's such high quality stuff. It flakes off in like little bitty flakes. It's, I, I've joked every single commercial, it feels like something you would eat yourself. It just has that deep, rich smell. It's very leafy, great, great quality stuff. But they also have a storefront there in Buckeye um, you can check it out. It's down there on uh, on Highway 85 uh, in Buckeye. They're now an ADM Mormons feed dealer, which means not only can you go get the best hay in Arizona, you can also get all types of feed for and hay for all kinds of animals. Uh, the Mormons, you can check it out. The Mormons feed all the things that they bring. So not only is it the best hay, not only can they deliver, not only is the best quality hay I've ever fed, you can also go check them out at their storefront in Buckeye and pick up Mormons feed, kind of a one-stop shop thing. Check them out, baleshay.com. The update that has cost me almost the sanity of my brain, 
almost the function of my phone and has taken so much time away from my day. And that sounds negative, but it isn't. Everybody wants to know, how's the Pro Series lights? I got them in. Andy, on his way back from Vegas, stopped and installed them up here at the arena. You guys, these Pro Series lights from Ranch Hand Solar Lighting. Holy cow. They live up to the hype. We roped the other night until about uh, maybe about 1 o'clock. And we get done and we realize I was talking to my buddies because we still have some of the 1,000 watts uh, supplementing the few that they brought out. And we get done and I go, hey, we never turn the 1,000 watt lights up. We roped the entire time with our 1,000 watt lights on dim because the Pro Series lights are doing such a good job. Uh, if you've waited, if you've been kind of kicking around, I don't know, solar, maybe, I don't know. I will post pictures also, but the update is this. They are amazing. You will not be disappointed. Check them out. Ranch Hand Solar Lighting. You want to hear the coolest story coming out of Wickenburg this winter? Because I've got it. The 1017 Project, uh, the Flatbed Podcast, Downtown Arena, Rancho Rio, Roper Nation, and the town of Wickenburg are all partnering. You heard me right. All of those, all of those entities are partnering to put food in the food bank through the team ropings. So what we're doing is we've started the We Heart Wickenburg series this winter. Uh, all the podcast sponsors, I've got boxes from Aquinity, I've got boxes from Cinch, I've got boxes from Equibrand. Uh, Ranch and Solar Lighting has donated a set of arena lights. Unbeatable Feed has an entire truckload of feed that they have donated to the We Heart Wickenburg series. The first one's going to be November 10th. And what we're going to do is we're going to use the money raised at those events to put hamburger into the food banks here in Wickenburg. Uh, Christy Henson has an entire team of people assembled um, to distribute the, make sure that, hey, listen, listen to this number. They said that 70% of the kids in the Wickenburg school district are on food assistance, which means we have got this tremendous food insecurity uh, situation in the heart of the team roping capital of the world. And so everybody's coming together. We're partnering to eradicate that. Shout out to the 1017 Project for the work that they're doing, helping organize it, the sponsors, the arenas, the producers. Coolest story ever, and you go, how can I get involved? November 10th is the first one. We're gonna give out tons of little trinkets and prizes and things like that. It's gonna be at Downtown Arena. Shout out Mike and Karen Fuller. Anyway, coolest story coming out of Wickenburg. Be a part of it. It's just a good thing. It's a good thing, it's a feel-good thing, and it actually is making a difference. The ropings will still have the regular payout. If you win the rope and you still win the money, the fundraiser is what is uh, what is made that day will go to put hamburger in the food bank. So you don't have to enter the rope and then donate everything you win or anything like that. It's still just a regular team roping. 20, 25, 30 people that could always make the short goes down there. Um, so moving down for me, and it's a different game. Um, I mean, like, so our starts at in up north are... You have to see more and go, go over the calf. So yep. two, three, two, four, two, five, those are good runs. Down south, one nine, one eight, one seven, those are good runs. Was Daniel Loman one five yesterday, by the way? Yeah. That's Crazy. rank. That's rank. But so like that was my biggest thing is transitioning over to that. I struggled hard. Um, my first couple rodeos. Real quick, if there's a high school person listening to this, you tell me if you agree or disagree. The challenge of getting outside of your circle and going into, I'm going to say the real world, not that it's better, there's just more of them. When I say the real world, it's the best of the best of the best from everywhere, mm-hmm. all in one place. That's the real world, regardless of where it's located geographically, right? Is I don't feel like people come with a plan of how to lose because they've never gone through a losing phase, yes. maybe where they're from. Mm-hmm. And if you come down expecting that your percentages are going to stay the same and it doesn't, what's your plan on how to not let it crater you? Because I know, like, we had, I, I grew up in Fort Worth. So we would have these kids come down that were like state champions from other places, 
and they don't win a check for four or five months, you never hear from them again. Mm. They, there wasn't a plan on how to lose, but work at getting better. Is that? Yeah, is, absolutely. And you got to get those people that that you surround yourself like down south. I'm Kelsey. She was one of my biggest people down there, and so was my coaches. Um, how'd you Mark know Aiken Kelsey? Them. Huh? How'd you how'd you meet Kelsey? I knew her from rodeo some, and then one day I was struggling really hard from moving from up north down south because I couldn't rope fast enough and I couldn't catch, and I was frustrated and. I knew I needed to either get out of it or go home. And you just I, had your rope over your I, shoulder, and you went to her door, and you're like, please be I my friend. Her. I called her, and I said, hey, Kels, can I come rope with you? And she's like, come on. What do you need help with? I said, I can't throw fast enough. You're like, okay, I said, so I, I suck, need help. and what I would like is yes. to not. That's yeah. what I'm going I was for. Like, I'm really struggling right now. I can't get the rope out of my hand. Can I come over? Will you please help me? She said, yep, come on. So I came over, went over there for a while, and she helped me. She told me what I needed to do and how I needed to progress out of where I was. And it was huge. I mean, she helped me change my game a lot. So real quick, you're going through that. At home, what's what's the messaging from home? And I, here's why I'm asking. I think sometimes parents want to be a support. And they're like, you can always come home. Well, sometimes that's debilitating. Like, mm-hmm. I heard, I, and I don't know, I don't know Braden and Ty very well. Kind of just, hey, how you doing? But I, I heard Ty one time talk about how his dad was like, you're not coming home. You are not coming home. You're going to stay out there and mentally how that helped him because it wasn't like he was back and forth, right? So with you, when you're going through stuff like that, what's coming from home messaging-wise? Well, and that's a big thing. My parents didn't let me, like they said the same thing. I, I called my dad and I'm struggling, dad. And he can just, it wasn't like an hour and a half where I went to Gillette. I mean, it was, we're 17 hours away from home. I couldn't just give up and go home, you know, as much as there's a couple times I really wanted to. And I would call him on the phone and both my parents would say, no, figure it out, you can do it. Believe in yourself, figure it out, but don't come home because what that, it's just going to show you defeat. Well, it's going to yeah. show you failure. And, and so either like stick it out, push through it, get over this slump, find the help you need to find and go on with it. That is such a defining moment in life too, because I've seen it. I mean, I'm 41 now. Yeah. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. That defining moment where somebody goes, okay, well, I'm going to go home and just kind of heal up and then I'm going to try it again someday. That we'll almost never, never happens. That someday will never come. It, it, I, I don't know that I can think of one example mm-hmm. where somebody decides, like, I'm going back to my comfort zone and to try to heal up. Well, and it's and then so came easy back. to be in your comfort zone. It's so easy to be where you're so used to your surroundings. You're so used to your people. I mean, when we ventured out to Texas, I didn't know a lot of people because we don't ever really, we never really went down there. And I didn't know a lot of people. And so, it, like, me and well, now my husband, now Rhett, we loaded up and headed out. And that was the best thing for us. One, we got the nice thing about our parents and family is you can always go home. Yeah. Absolutely, you have home. But two, I mean, we got to see a whole different world in the rodeo world, meet new friends, you know. And so that was a big thing for us is like, just take the chances. And we did. And, and it, was it easy? Heck no, it was not easy for a while. Rodeo was struggling, our trying to transition, weather was different, places, people. Trying I to mean, find food to eat with yeah. no money. Yeah, no kidding. You're living on a budget. <laughs> Eating crackers uh, <laughs> and trying to rope. Salami and crackers. But also, like, looking back, too, is, like, I got to praise my parents for it, too. They took us to the Shawnee, Oklahoma's for the so IFYR, to see the yeah. Little Bridges Rodeos. We came out of Texas for some rodeos. So we were very fortunate growing up because they did in the summers. I mean, we would be gone for a good month and a half yeah. because we would hit Shawnee then we would hit Little Birch's finals and we would go to high school finals or junior high finals I mean and we did get to go to all of them so we got to see the competition um, and looking back now in high school like all three of us kids I have an older sister and a younger brother we competed right there we hung in with those people at the, Shawn- the IFYR um, the high school finals and all of those things because our parents prepared us right. for it and we got to see 
what it was. So transitioning from where I was in college to down south, I did get to see a lot of the people that I did rodeo yeah. with in high school. Well, and it changes the way you practice. Mm-hmm. Because if you think, like, it can't be done better than the way I'm doing it, and you never see it, you, there's, a, there's a lack of seriousness in the way you practice. I don't care if you're in fifth grade. You go somewhere and you see somebody doing something you can't do. When you're back in the practice pen, there's a whole new level of seriousness to it. So yeah. without seeing it. And I'll say another thing real quick just to clarify. I've also known people that got out and went, this isn't what I want. It's not that I'm failing. It's like, this isn't what I want. I really want to go back and work in my family's business, or I want to pursue a career in this. I don't like being away from home. And by being gone, it gives them a new appreciation for what they left. And that's just as respectable. Absolutely. Absolutely 1,000%. Like, I, I, like, that is not a diminished version of life. And so when people go that route, it, I'm good with it. I, 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 like, I'm, I'm proud of them for that. Yeah. But if their goals are getting broken to go home, that's different. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say the, the concern that I would have is all those people are like, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. Because you can get a following, right? Like yeah. if you're winning where you are, you'll get a following. But you go home after failing out of somewhere else and that following changes. And now it just it's not the same. And like, don't go. Either don't go. Or if go. you go, go. Yeah. Like that halfway, that halfway is hard. You can't go halfway. I mean, especially in the rodeo world, it's, it's too small. It's too hard. It's. I mean, you got to be all in or all out. You can't half in between, half out. You know. And, and it's expensive. It costs the same so whether you're much. trying or not. It costs yes. the same. Well, like that's like a lot. I mean, growing up north, like it, it was amazing. But like you said, getting out and just experiencing something different, even like different rodeos. And like I have a lot of good friends at home that. They, they circuit rodeo and they kick butt even at the rodeos at all because a lot of our rodeos are the big fourth run rodeos and they kick butt at those rodeos but they've also stepped up to the competition too sure and and they didn't have to leave you know that and th- that that's, was a big that's, thing I think it's, that's what I'm saying is like the people that never leave because they have a life and that's yeah. their home and they want to have a family like we really celebrate the people that go off and do great that's fine I wish there was a way that that was highlighted also because that is just just as respectable Mm -hmm. and worth celebrating yeah absolutely you got to celebrate everything and like you said if you don't want to go don't go if you have something at home that you really desire and stuff do it and like a lot of friends that i have that's not failure no absolutely not they have kick butt jobs they have ranches they have family and they want to stay home but they still go compete at those rodeos because they stepped up at the competition they didn't even need to leave yeah and look at the success that they've had in and outside the arena right they got a business going or you just said it they're successful in both i mean you can be successful you don't have to leave to not be successful and that's a big thing is people People are like, you have to go somewhere to be successful. No, you don't. You just have to feel like what you want to be successful, and you got to put your whole heart into it. Could not agree more. So walk me through. Stephenville, Texas is not going the way you thought it wanted to go. <laughs> Emo- like Emotionally, who you are as a person, how do you, how are you processing it before it starts to turn around? Because I want to get to that too, but like before it starts to turn around, what's your what's your headspace like? I mean, when I went down there, my we went down a couple months before rodeo started and holy cow I was defeated as I think a big word for me I couldn't figure out how to roll fast I entered the JG Hampton Memorial thinking I'm just gonna go make good runs no you got to be like a one six one seven I mean I was a one nine and one round and didn't get any money do you remember and like I a real marquee felt- miss where you're like trying to do something that you're not ready to do and like don't touch the calf was there ever like a one moment where you're like this is my life now this is what happens. I throw my rope at the flagger and I suck. Well, I can vividly remember a couple practices. I don't remember a rodeo or anything, but I can vividly remember some practices that 
uh, to go fast, I just would nod my head, drop, and I would take one swing and throw. And you don't know how many times I chucked it behind them, underneath their necks, caught a back leg. Like, you might as well be throwing it with I your left hand. I was like, what am I doing? I couldn't even get to the front of my saddle. My tips way in the sky, and I'm like... This sucks. This doesn't even feel like it's getting like, better. Like, I feel no. like it's, it's getting worse. Uh, that's, that's what I kept saying. I was like, when am I going to figure it out? And it took me a minute to figure it out. And I, like I said, I felt, like, defeated. I'm like, is this really? Like, I, I can't do it. Where do you go? Where do you go enough. in those moments? Like, because no, nobody wants to live there forever. No. So what's your, what, what do you do? A lot of it, I went to the dummy. I started doing dummy work on my horse, on the ground. And I would just take those, I would not take those one swing and just throw and a lot of it was staying consistent. Rope the dummy every day. Work on that that specific roping. One swing throw. I could take the two, three swings and throw because that's yeah. where I was confident. That was home. Up north. And then I could take and go further down. But those quick swings, I had to really figure it out. And it, I mean, it took a lot. But a lot of it, I said, I would go back to the dummy. And, uh, I mean, it's hard at that stage when you're still, I was a junior in college. I, I mean, it was a lot to take in where I was and trying to stay in that positive mindset. It was hard. I mean, there's a ton of times that I just wanted to give up and throw my sucker in the dirt because I was like, I'm over this. I can't catch. What's the point of it, you know? Right. And, but no, I mean, you got to get up and figure it out. And that was the biggest thing, like my dad would say, and he preached it a lot. He was like, figure it out. What the are you going to do? The minute you quit, yep. you've chosen where you're going to be forever. Yep. Right? Like, uh-huh. if you quit in those bad moments, that's it for the rest of your life. That's where yeah. you stopped. Absolutely. So, if it's there, mm-hmm. working through it, even if it's not what you want to do later in life, that's yep. fine. Don't stop when it's hard because that's where you stay. Yeah. At least beat it and then and then decide what you want to do. Yeah, and ask me like 10 years ago, would I think that I would have a back number here? Absolutely not. Did you see some of my practices? People would be like, what the heck, you know? And so, I mean, like once you... Once you get through that mental stage and you figure it out and you kind of push forward and you finally get those, some of those breakthroughs and you, those catches that you never thought you could or qualifying, like qualifying for the college finals that year that I, in August, I was defeated and then I'm making it to the college finals, you know, and I make so the real, short well, go. Hold on, I don't want to skip over. Sorry. You'll go to Kelsey's. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, was there like one moment where it felt like, wait, it feels like it's starting to turn around. Like, you know when it's raining and all of a sudden you get like a little glimpse of the sun? Yeah. Was there a moment that stands out in your mind of like, there it is? So the first couple practices, no. There wasn't a breakthrough <laughs> at all. Like, I mean, I don't know how many times. And she she was honest. She just said, keep going, keep throwing, keep throwing. And then a couple more times I went over there and I started catching. And it just kind of clicked. And she's like, well, do this in the box. Do this with your horse. Do this. Do you remember and- any one detail of what you learned? I can't really remember one specific time. I just remember it was a couple times after, and I just remember backing in the box one time, and she had told me, she said, don't try to beat your horse out, because I thought you had to swing fast right away to be, and I, she's like, don't beat your horse out, and just take, be consistent with your swings, don't try to speed anything up, and then rope. I'm like, okay. And so I do remember one time I would back in the box, and I didn't let my horse beat me out, and I caught this calf, and I... And it was fast. And was I, it she was looks, it weird that when it started going well, it felt easier than you thought it would feel? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But she also helped break it down so much for me that I kind of understood what I was Simplified doing, you know? It, yeah. And I just remember that, and she, I was just like, like it almost was like a shock. Then it's like that moment, I'm like, that wasn't that hard. Well, and Why I think, was it so hard? I think if somebody makes their absolute balls out best run of their life, yeah. and it works... That's one thing. That's almost like not good because it yeah. means you've got to max out every single time. Yeah. But if you have a run built that you can do mm-hmm. and it works and your run is fast enough, man, there's a piece that are like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, so my good is good enough. Yeah. I just need to like It's like relax. a light bulb. Yeah. You're like, this is how I want it to feel every time. Does it? No. But this is what you strive for every time. 
Maybe it wasn't a 1.6, maybe it wasn't a 1.9, you know? But I mean, if I could go out and throw it that where I can throw every single time, the time is going to differ. Your calves are faster, your horse breaks harder, whatever. But I mean, if I can remember that feeling and I can keep going with that, I mean, that's a win in itself. Well, know? and it's, it's a weird thing because some of the fastest runs I've ever made mm-hmm. in my life, both calf roping and team roping, were runs where I felt like I was almost at like 70%. Yeah. It was, my horse was working everything was fine and you look up and you're like man that did not feel that fast um times in my life where i was struggling i remember like trying to apply speed yep and man talk about just feeling like the wheels fall off you know if 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 there's somebody that is maybe where you're at of like i just don't feel like i'm going fast enough chances are it's not a matter of just doing everything as fast as you can Mm. it's getting around people that can go just these steps matter and then eliminate everything else. Yeah, just almost breaks it down a little bit, but not too much. And that, that's a big thing. And I mean, there's some old boys that I'll talk to and we talk about breakaway roping and like kind of a mental game. And they're always like, well, what do you do? You know, and a big thing is you got to simplify it. And like, so I back in the box and I said, score sharp, rope sharp, because that's what you got to do. Yep. And so a lot of people want to say, well, I'm going to see this out, this out, this out, do this, this. Well, you can't. Because you can only think about so many things before you run. And then a lot of the time, mental muscle memory takes over, you know? Yeah, right. And you're like, oh. like And like that was like this year. I went to a jackpot in San Antonio, and I my fastest time ever in the breakaway, I was a 1.6. Heck and yeah. it did not feel like that. Right. Like, I, I had roped decent all day, and this calf, people were roping good. And I was like, I drew a good calf, got to go for it, you know? And I nodded, hit the barrier through in probably the same spot I would have thrown if I was a two flat, you know? Right. And some reason, my horse might have stopped harder, the calf must have been harder, and it broke off faster. And I look up, and I'm like, no way. And that feeling was like, didn't feel different than, I guess, if I was, I mean, excitement personally yeah. wise. Yeah, I was like, finally, you know, I can actually do that. that right. That. But, I mean, but on the other side of it, like, I was like, that run is how it feels even if I'm like a one nine or a two flat or a two one, you know? Well, and the joy of that moment is I can take that run yep. and take it with me this summer. Mm-hmm. Like I can take that run and replicate it sustainably through the year yeah. versus I closed my eyes, I threw it, it fell on. I don't know what happened. Yes. Glad I won the round today, but I'll never be able to do that again. So when there's that feeling of like, I'm my, my run, my run is good. And now I just go make my run. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody goes and makes their run, that's great. I don't have to go make their run. I can just go make mine. And through the course of the year, the year's going to go well enough. And I think that's a big thing, your run, making your run. Because a lot of people a lot of people try to make everyone else's runs. Right. So you see a 1-7. Well, Daniel Lohman, 1-7 at the finals. I, I couldn't get out of a barrier to save my butt, but I'm like, I can't make a run like that. And so that's right. like a lot of people try to change after they see a run happening. They try to change their game plan to match that run. Well, we all rope different. Our horses are different. How we rope is different. You know. I hate having to admit when I'm stupid, but I'm stupid. I had no idea. Listen to this. I had no idea what a pole barn was. I thought I did. And maybe you think you do. You know, I thought of it as this big shed with wood structure and, and you know, maybe the tin goes halfway down or, you know, just just sort of a, something you'd see a tractor or a four-wheeler park below under with a stack of hay. But I grew up in Texas, and so you don't build anything out of wood. Everything's pipe. So um, when I met Dan Scarborough, and he said he was building pole buildings. Instantly, instantly, this is the stupid part. I'm like, oh, a guy who throws up some little sheds. Go to, do me a favor, you go see how stupid I am. Go to roperbuildings.com and check out the gallery of what a pole barn actually is. 
This can be anything from a barn dominium. It can be a shed, but it can be a horse barn. It can be anything that you want to protect from the elements and no wood exposed to the sun. So, you know, my question was, what about here in Arizona? There were so many questions I had no clue. I had no clue what they were capable of. And Roper Buildings is not, no, I hope this is okay to say, Dan, it's not some mom and pop thing. Like this is one of the most premier building companies in the Western um, United States and has been for over two decades. You can check them out. Not only are they in central and southern Utah, they're in northern Utah, Idaho, Nevada, and now coming to Arizona. Uh, Dustin Searcy, who you met on the podcast, is going to be helping run things down here under under Dan. Wait until you see what's possible. They are engineered. They can be customized any way that you want it. You can build it the way that you want it. And you're dealing with people who have had decades of success in getting this right. So roperbuildings.com, check them out. And while you're there, check on the gallery and look at all that they're able to do. You guys, times are changing. We have got technology available to you. When you get to Arizona, you can find your roping. You can find the date. You can find the location. You can even search the website by what jackpot number team roping you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com. It is a subscription base. You go, well, so is the magazine, dude. Like you can buy a magazine or you can buy the website. So it's not like there's a free option anymore. Ropingcalendar.com. The difference being you can look for only what you want to find instead of looking through all the other ads that you didn't want to find. So if you think about it, if your time's worth anything, we're paying you back. So check it out. Ropingcalendar.com. How we rope is different. You know what we look at. Well, whatever. Everything is different. So it's like you got to really refer back to like this is my run, not anybody else's run. And, and the only chance you've got, a young person listening or a veteran, the only chance you've got of beating that run anyway would be to make your run anyway. Yep, absolutely. So when you change something, your chances of doing something spectacular go so far down. Yeah. If you just go make your run and say you're too flat, live with it. Because That's now you've run. rode your horse. Yeah. That horse is ready for the next round. You've got confidence it's going on. Because if you start into a slump of missing, now all of a sudden, I heard Brenton Hall said it, it's like now you're trying to rope five calves or five steers at once because the last four have gone bad. Yep. Where if a guy, if a guy or a girl, you know what your run is and you've got confidence in that and you can keep yourself in your lane, you can start to build a comeback a little bit, even if you're not winning that round, by not taking away from the rest of the week. Yep. Like team right. roping, like you get your horse ducking, now you're messing up the next week. Yeah, exactly. You just go make your run, keep your horse working. You win, you know, thirds, fourths, and fifths throughout the week. Man, there's a lot to build on. Absolutely, and that is what you said, like build on. I mean, you got to build on each run, and uh, that's a lot of people you talk to. They're like, once you start missing, try to change things. Absolutely, I'm with them. I try to change stuff if I start missing, which it's like, why? Just because I missed one doesn't mean that I need to change something. Like, I need, I got to stay consistent to the course. And I think a lot of it, if you're consistent to the course and you, the results are going to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and it's less stressful. Oh, yeah. Man, there's nothing worse than feeling like you're in a slump and what you're doing isn't fast enough mm. and you're just swinging for the fences every time and the money is going out faster than it's coming in. Oh, like, yeah. Just go home. Just take a minute. Like, take yeah. a break. Like, it's... Well, now, when it comes to that, it's like, then you go start breaking it down too much. It's like, just get back to the dummy. See where... Yeah. Just rope the dummy again. I mean, that's what we do. Like, I mean, we try to rope the dummy every time before we compete. Just get that muscle memory again, you know? Um, don't change things. Because on the dummy, we can see specifically what we're doing. And we'll get to, like, videoing each other. So, like, if we're struggling, oh, I'm doing something different, well, why? Like, why am I doing that? Like, just stay the course. Well, chances are, if you're doing something wrong, it's something so simple anyway. Oh, yeah it doesn't need a reconstruction and like mm -hmm. i remember roping calves if i ever felt like it wasn't working in the practice pen i wouldn't try to go faster 
I would go take four or five swings over and like maybe break away some, really, really, really slow it down in yes. the practice pin. Because if I could build that run, that's when things got faster. Yeah. You know, and, and not just the, the swinging for the fences thing, I guess what I'm saying, never worse. No. Make the college finals your junior year. Yep. Senior year. Yep. College finals. Yep. I actually was fortunate. I made it all five years. Uh, all five years? <laughs> Were you an officer? I went, I went to, my, I did my master's. They let you rodeo for five years if you have a master's? Yes. Five years bonus. of college rodeo? Yeah. Some people win six, I think, because of COVID. Yeah, some people don't get master's degrees, and they went to junior college. They don't know. Um, <laughs> so at that point, when you graduate, in your mind, what's life about to be? Like, did you have any idea where you were headed? What did you get your degree in? Uh, animal science and my master's in consumer resource and science. Science. Which science. is... For those of us, for, I know what it is, but for people who might not, <laughs> what the I heck really is that? I want to be like a pharmaceutical rep okay. for like a yep. vaccine company or yep. something. Got you. Did you think that's where it was headed? No, because I still haven't done it. Well, no, but I mean, when you graduated, oh. <laughs> did you think that that's probably where it was going or? Um, I really didn't know. So kind of like when I graduated, that's when stuff started taking off. That's when they had the finals um, at the Orleans and they went to Arlington. Uh, and, I mean, it was always a goal to make it, but a lot of the goals, like, going into that summer after uh, after my senior year, I was like, or my master's year, I was like, let's go try to make the top 30. Get into those winter rodeos, because that's when they started putting it in San Ant sure. or Fort Worth, and Houston picked us up eventually and stuff. And so I really didn't know where my life was heading. I knew I wanted a breakaway rope, and I knew there was an opportunity outside of amateur rodeos um, and college rodeos. Uh, and so me and my sister kind of just took it on and What's your said, sister's name? Taylor. And, and said, let's go try to make the top 30. When did you notice the price of breakaway horses going nuclear? They weren't terrible probably a couple years ago, five years ago, They, I don't think. And then I think it progressively got higher, and now they're really high. Now, is there an advantage to you in that, that you can sell one that maybe isn't a great fit? Or is it a disadvantage in that if you're going to rodeo now, you've got to go spend? I think it's both. I think it's awesome you can sell the horses that you've got for a pretty penny now. But also a disadvantage because if you don't have young ones coming up and you don't have the time to put on them to go work them and take them to jackpots and stuff, and you're looking for that next caliber horse, it, you're not going to be able to find them very cheap. So I, I know enough, you know, training calf horses, I know this. The outsider might think, well, it's a breakaway horse. They should be trained faster. It should be a faster process. Yeah. However, one of the hardest things to get a horse to do consistently is score and then blast across yes. the line like that's not a young horse thing young horses a lot of times they're feeling their way across it and they're working like yeah. if you're watching you're like that horse looks good but you're not getting that extra gear that you need mm -hmm. to be one seven one eight one nine right well, and they got to find that the spacing too so, so like, once it hit the line stop you know you don't go from mm -hmm. zero to rodeo breakaway horse in three or four months it no. does not because because to win it's got to have that seasoned element right yeah but if you are so here's my thinking. Here's my here's my business plan. <laughs> if you were making young horses that were doing good, that were on their way, could you make enough of those on the time that you're home that you could sell to then go buy that horse that's maybe 14, 15, 16 years old even? I'm, I'm not saying you have to buy them that old, but like something that even would be to, to rodeo. I think a guy's way better to go buy one that's 15 than four. Absolutely. I mean, the, the horse I'm rodeoing on right now, I bought him at 17 years old with one eye. 
and he is taking me now to two finals. Um, but like you were talking about young horses and stuff, the hard thing that we have is the time. And when you want to be a pro rodeo person, you don't have a lot of time on those young horses that you want. So you rodeo, well, we, I mean, we got times for the winter, depending on the weather. It's nice if it's cold, if it's not. I mean, to get those horses going. Well, then you got the winter rodeos. And then as soon as the winter rodeos get done, you maybe got April, May to California. get them going too. Or And we've not, we haven't gone to California, so that's when we would keep going too on them. And then you're gone for three, yeah. four months, and you get home, you have a day or two to ride them. Well, it's pointless to ride right. them. They're out of shape. They're sitting in the pasture. I mean, so this last year, we just sent some of ours that have kind of been going good that we sent them to someone else, either get ranched on, um, maybe practice a little bit in the – but mainly just ranch on or feel out work on or something just to keep them so when we do get home we could just go straight to the breakaway pen on yeah. them again um but so it's really hard unless you have somebody in your program too to it's help riding. you do that and that yep. can ride all year long then it's not that bad but if it's you and you can't it's hard to do it who's the best breakaway horse trainer right now because i know like team roping has theirs calf roping has theirs you know everybody every event kind of has their like marquee trainers they've been doing it forever breakaway being new is there anybody that's like the breakaway guru yet? I mean, there's a lot of good trainers out there, but can I pinpoint one? No. Um, are I really you better to know. Are you better to buy a breakaway horse from a calf roping horse trainer that's been in the business forever, or you? Or is there somebody that you would go to that is specifically specializing in breakaway horses? Uh, I think it doesn't matter. I think if you if your horse, a calf horse is going to be a little different. They're going to be maybe a touch freer, just because they can get that extra step. Um, and the breakaway horses kind of have to find their place and stay back behind. But, I mean, it kind of depends what your fit is, too. Like, I yeah. like a tighter horse. My sister likes a freer horse. So she more like looks more at the calf roper side because she gives that a little extra sure. free. I like the touch tighter horses because they make me stay up and rope more aggressive. Yep. And so looking at that, yeah, she's probably more the calf roper side. I'm probably more the breakaway side. Makes and sense. looking at her horses now, I mean, like I said, I bought my horse at 21 years old from, or 17 years old. He's 21 now from a girl and as a practice horse. What's her name? Um, well, that, who'd horse? you buy it from? Cambria McDougal. No, I didn't ask you what your horse's name is. Why? It's so cool. Okay, what's so, okay? What is it? Rolo. <laughs> okay. I'm really glad we got to that. <laughs> who'd you buy the horse from? Cambria McDougal. It's actually Cambria a girl McDougal. I college rodeoed with down south, and she had him, and she. How do you did. start the sales pitch when you got a 17-year-old one-eyed horse? Like, where does the sales pitch start? Like, hey, listen, I know it doesn't look very good. Get it? Because one eye. Um, <laughs> like. What on earth was the thinking behind that? Okay, so it was actually funny. So I had an assistant coach. I went there, and I said, I told him, I said, I have one good horse right now, and I got a couple younger ones, but I need something that I can just practice on because I can't, I don't want to kill her. And she didn't need the runs anyways. And I was like, I need a practice horse. Do you know any cheap practice horses? And he's like, actually, I do. And she, he sent me to Cambria, and I reached out to him. I said, hey, I heard you have a horse for sale. Tell me about it. Like, just kind of curious. And I was like, I just need a practice horse. She's like, well, yeah, he's 17 years old. He's got moon blindness in one of his eye. He has So he still has the eyeball? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Like, when they're missing kind the of. eyeball, it's kind of hard. You know, like, yeah. that's people maybe just feel weird about that. It just looks weird. I mean, this doesn't look much better, though, because it's, like, sunken in and stuff. So uh, I don't know which is better. Has anybody ever thought about putting a patch over their horse's eye, make it look like a pirate, and just, like, lean into it? Like, this is part of the branding of this horse is we're just going to... Cover it up. Give it a pirate patch, like, bones and skulls over it? I mean, no, but, I mean, he does live in a fly mask all the time, but that's about all, but even in the winter. I'm telling you right now, if I was watching the breakaway and someone had a pirate 
eye patch over their horse, <laughs> I'm into it. I think that'd be awesome. I might have to try it out. Okay, just I, just tag so me tag me in the in the photo. That's it. I'll see if I could get you one built. Talk to Ken and Billy about just building one. Can you please help me with this patch? So, and then he had a dent. He got in an accident too when he was younger, and he had a dent in the middle of his forehead. So, the dent so this poor forehead, guy has just been a soldier old, his whole life. Old. He thinks he's about to get to ride off into an easier life. No. No. Now you're proud. You thought your life was bad before? No, it's really bad. Really bad. <laughs> and so I called her, and I was like, hey. like, So I met him in Brock, Texas. I had a friend, an old guy. Um, that I ran up with him some. Who was it? And uh, Dave Brock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So How do you think Dave would feel about being called an old guy? I've known Dave my whole life. It's fine. You're good. You're good. He'll, so you went rope with him. Uh, yeah. So I went rope with him, and they brought the horse to me. And so I get on this horse, and, I mean, he was kind of, he's honoring the box. And so they said they would ace him. So they had aced him, and I was like, okay, fine. So I get on, and I rope, like, two or three on him, and, I mean, scores, runs, slides. I'm like... Not bad. And the chances, I just want to be clear, because we know how it went, but if someone else is going to try a one-eyed old horse you have to ace, generally speaking, that's a no-go. <laughs> like, on average, that's usually the start of, and I didn't buy the horse. So I'm glad it worked, but I think we owe everyone an explanation of, like, if that is what they're going in to try, a 17-year-old one-eyed horse you have to ace, rarely does that work out. I know. I, I'm with you. I'm very blessed it did <laughs> but going in I was a little hesitant and so I run a couple on well the A starts wearing off and you can kind of see that he's kind of being a pain in the box now and doesn't want to score well he has a sore and his head's way cocked because he can only see out of one eye and and I rope a couple more and I mean he is functioning and I walk over to Dave and we're kind of talking about it and all he tells me he says if you don't write the check I'm gonna write the check I said okay so I went to there and I said, hey, I called my dad. I said, dad, I think I'm going to buy this horse. Is it okay if I ask what a horse like that even costs? Because you're, you would, you would think cheaper. Take a guess. Well, okay, I don't want to insult you, but like I would guess no, cheap. Okay. I would think cheap. Absolutely. Yeah. I would well, think I like 4500 for, Yeah, it was cheaper than that. $2,500. $2,500. I bought him my very first horse. I bought him for $2,500, and he's taking me to two finals now. Does How that is happen that story? all the time? How is that no. story not? No, it doesn't. That story deserves to be told. I, how has that story not been? I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, $2,500. And I was shaking writing that check because I was like, first horse, <laughs> dad, I'm by myself. What do I do? You know, he's, and Dave was, all Dave says is, you don't write the check, I'm going to. And how that's much? And I was like, instantly, I got to get it. Have you done the math on how much you've won on that horse? I bet I've won over 100. I mean, I bet I won over 100,000 on him in the first year and a half I had him. Two years. I mean, that was, I got him in college and then he helped me because not very long after, my good horse actually got hurt. She bought a tendon. So he was my number one then. How did you feel and looking in the stall at that and going, you're, you're it, bud? <laughs> well, I was a little nervous the first couple rodeos, but I mean, shoot, he and I, we kind of just clicked. So it was awesome. Um, but, I mean, the effort that horse has in the try yeah. every single run, and you can get away from him on a fast setup, slow setup, fast calves, slow calves. I mean, has guy, he mellowed out in the box at all? A little bit. Still, yeah. I just mean, he's still just so so. Yeah, if you watch the finals, Kelsey was in the box. I mean, you basically could just manhandle him, so like I'll back up. He will back up, and he'll stay like kind of squeeze your legs. Sometimes you just pull him over, and then he's and he's ready to go. He's but a the soldier. The thing I learned about him too doesn't matter where he sits. He's gonna break, and he's gonna break. Yeah. Something. 
Yeah. So I got really comfortable with that. But once you trust that, that, that yeah. it's not going to go disastrously, then no. who cares? Well, that's a big thing with him. I could trust him all the way through because, like, I draw my handies forward. Forward motion all the time. That's Never screwed that, me nothing. I don't know where you get a better breakaway horse story than that. That's in my. I mean, yeah. that's the best breakaway horse story I've heard. I mean, and it's amazing. I'm so blessed to have him because, like I said, I bought him not thinking he was ever going to be one of my good ones, turned in my good one real fast, and now he's taking me to two finals that I never thought I would even be here. Tell me about this year. Uh, well, no, wait, real quick. Tell me, the first year made him was what, last year? Mm -hmm. Yep. So 20 was chaos. 21, what happened that you didn't get in? Uh, just, just a bad rough year. year. I ended up in like 25 or 22 or something, and... So made it to the winter rodeos, which, and that's a big thing is that's our goals every year is yeah. to be in the top 30 to get in the winter rodeos because that's where a lot of money can be won. Yeah. So 22, first year you get in, where in the year did you go? Wait a minute, I think I, I think I got them, I think I'm in. Was there, was it like down to the wire or was there time early in the year? See, last year no, I, uh, I mean we went out in June, July, August, September. I mean we hit all of them. Uh, we didn't go to California. Um, I guess we went to Juan, California, the San Juan one, um, but we did go to the Northwest. Uh, we just kind of coasted, and I had a couple big weeks there. We went over out to Utah a couple times, and I had a couple, big couple weeks, and, like, in the middle of August, I was in the top ten, and I'm like, whoa. Like, and I'm not one to look at the standings much. Like, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen, and I'm a firm believer in that, and so we just kept roping and going, and did it, I— uh, Did it feel like you'd had a little bit of a monkey on your back that— because how could it not, right? Yeah, and Is this actually going to happen? Will I ever get in? Am I going to try this? It never happens. Like, yeah. questions you're going to have until you actually get in, was that the best part, is, like, mm -hmm. all those questions being answered? Yeah, absolutely. And when it came down to it, like, we, I mean, we started going, and we kind of just coasted all through the year, and I had a pretty good year, I guess. And at the end of September, September 30th, when I got a look at the results, and I was like, wow, I ended Deep up breath. number ninth. Yeah. And I was like, first rodeo, what the heck? Where did, like, how did this all happen, you know? And you look back, and you, it makes you definitely count your blessings because you're like, like I said, our goal is never, I never go out every year and be like, I'm going to make the finals this year. I mean, it's always in the back of my head. Well, yeah. I would always love to make it. And I, but I, like, realistic goals, we, we, every month we have our new goals. Like, what do we want to do at these rodeos? What do we want, you know? And setting those goals. And if you can strive to reach those goals, you're going to reach the end goal of where you need to be. And that's the finals. Well, and that's a weird one. If somebody goes, my goal is make the finals. Okay, that's fine. But, how okay yeah. so you break it down like well i have to win okay so yes. then how well i got to do this i got like the goal of making the finals is almost like a goal of sitting on a cloud it's yeah. just too nuanced right like there's got to be nuts and bolts of like okay i want to finish the season okay yes. that's a good goal uh i want to score good ride my horse and i want a high catching percentage yep. that's a good goal you can work yep. on that i don't know how you work on making the finals yeah it's it is the nuts and bolts. It is the day to day to day. Like win the week. Like I wanna I wanna win the week this week. Yep. I wanna win the week next week. I wanna dedicate myself so that if I do all of those things, that in my mind is the road to something bigger. Success, yes. Well that's a big thing too, is like going out this summer is we talked about having our goals of I could go nerdy. I could go super nerdy. I could tell you that Unbeatable's new Forge Only Blend is a no grain included, yet high energy, low sugar, easily digestible, fermentable fiber. I could tell you it's clean and natural. Three simple high powered ingredients, alfalfa, beet pulp, and flaxseed oil. I could go on to tell you that it can replace corn or other grain-based equine feeds at effective cost. Alfalfa, beet pulp, flaxseed oil, which has omega-3. 
adds cool burning fuel while supporting healthy skin coat. I can tell you all those things, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Yes, it's an 11 by 64 in diameter pellet. I can tell you you don't have to water it. I can tell you all those things. Here's what I'm going to tell you instead. The new feed by Unbeatable Feed, yes, they still have the shreds. Yes, they still have the beet pole pellets, but they also have added a forge-only feed. Here's what I want you to know. Every one of their endorsees that they've sent uh, uh, samples to has come back and ordered more of it. There are people that are giving up endorsements. You ready for this? There are people that are giving up endorsements to feed this feed. It is blowing the doors off. But here's the coolest part. I can now tell you that it's carried in all the places that you wanted it to be carried. I could give you the list. Um, but here's the one I'm going to focus on today. You can now find unbeatable feeds. Ready for this? I wish I could do a drum roll with my mouth. But at NRS. That's correct. NRS is now carrying unbeatable feeds. You can go in and check them out. They get Aquinity there. You can get classic products there. You can get Equibrand. You can get all their stuff at NRS, but you can now go buy unbeatable feeds at NRS in all of their locations. All of the NRS locations now carry it. Um, like I said, imagine that there's people giving up endorsements to come feed this feed because they're seeing those kinds of results in their horses. I feed it to my roping cattle. I've never had fatter, slicker, healthier roping cattle. They don't look like roping cattle anymore. They look, they look like little Mexican show steers with horns. So, and, and, and you only have to feed a pound and a half a day to your steers. I, I, I could go on and on. Let me just tell you, unbeatable feeds, go check them out. Find them at NRS. They are making it happen and doing big things. We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the Western industry here in Wickenburg. It can be confusing. I know that people from out of town go, okay, where does everything happen? What's in the middle of things? What's the dark side of the moon? Let me tell you, Erin Freeman, she's not only a friend, she is an absolute professional in the real estate industry. You can find her at Erin Freeman Properties on Facebook. You can check her out at erinfreeman.realtor on Instagram and TikTok. Here's what I like about Erin. She is from a team roping family. She understands that when you call and say you're looking for arena, you don't mean a riding pin. When you say I'm looking for something with stalls, it doesn't mean four panels chained together. She understands the industry, but she also understands the, the, the lifestyle. One of the things I'll say about Erin, like I said, not only is she great, I don't know if she'd want me saying this, she also kind of keeps her finger on the rental industry too. So if you're looking for a rental, maybe not officially, but I can tell you she knows where it's at. She's also brutally honest. She will tell you exactly what's happening in the industry. If you're too high, if you're too low, if what you're looking for is achievable, if she has in her inventory what you're looking for, you will get an honest assessment from somebody who not only understands what you're looking for, but where to find it. Check her out, Erin Freeman. Having our goals of catch every calf and get out of the barrier was a big goal. Every rodeo we wanted to catch every calf and get out of the barrier. And if we can do that, we can't, the time is going to be our time when we're going to place. That's you know? right. I'm not going to go out and try to place. I'm going to try to win. If I sit behind the barrier and I hit the line and I rope my calf, I give myself a chance. And that's a big thing is we don't need to go for first every time. If we're consistently placing in every rodeo, we're keeping yourself well, out of a slump too. Up. Yeah, and like it you're going to win, but it mm -hmm. keeps you out of those mental slumps where it's like I haven't caught one in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mentally, it keeps you so, so much on ease too because you keep catching, you keep placing. Well, the money adds up. And that's kind of how, that's where you want to end the season, you yeah. know. But, like, having that goal at the end of the season, like I said, it's always in the back of your head you want to make the finals. But those little goals are what gets you to your big goals, I guess. Sure. What was the biggest win this year? <sighs> Wait, when, did you, when did you get married? May. May. So that this is your first year rodeo and married? Yes. Does he go? Yeah, mainly. He mainly just circuit rodeos. Yeah. Yeah. So... Did that add a degree of difficulty or, or complication really, or no? Not really, the last couple of years I've been doing it too. So, I mean, nothing really ever changed, I guess. Right. Besides your last name and you get to go. And what's I his, what's his my name? last name. Rhett. Rhett Fanning. Uh -huh. Shout out Rhett Fanning. What does he do? <laughs> He's a saddle bronc rider. 
Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the good news about that is uh, if he was a team roper, he would be doing that forever. Yes. Saddle bronc rider, there's a shelf life. Yeah. So is he prepared, like, when he hangs him up, he's the driver? Yep. He's already said, like, well, when no, I'm done. No, he's a terrible buckle bunny, actually. <laughs> I bring him out here, and half the time he shows up to help. He's a terrible buckle bunny. <laughs> I'm like, you can, will you help? What, what do you need? I'll go walk horses. And he goes and gets on my horse and just rides around bareback. I'm like, perfect. Get Have perfect. at him. But. Um, what was the biggest win this summer? Um, so Logan, Utah was probably, started one of my big runs out. Uh, Logan, Utah, then I placed in like Bozeman, Montana, Chinook, Chinook. Mm, there's like a string of like four or five of them that I placed. Um, and then Prineville, Oregon. I, Down the lane, was, shout out Crooked River Roundup. <laughs> and then that was the same week that I had made it to the short go at Reno, too. I went around there, we split with Jackie, and then I placed another one, and then I choked in the short go, but we won't talk about that. But Is there anybody that rodeo on that you don't like? Really. You don't have to say names. You don't have to say names. I'm just curious. Like, what is the dynamic amongst the breakaway ropers? Because... I think it would be easy to go, well, the girl dynamics are going to be different boy dynamics. And I honestly don't know the answer to this. I'm asking because I really don't know. Uh, cultural dynamics, are there, are there like hidden landmines of people that don't talk to people and you got to kind of avoid? Or is it pretty much just like everybody feels like they're in it together? No, I wouldn't say everyone feels like they're in it together. Um, personally, me and my sister, we stay out of a lot of it. Like we don't, we have a lot of friends out there. We're willing to help anybody and everybody, but we just kind of hang to ourselves. Do you think the breakaway would benefit from, like, a Cody old Fred Whitfield rivalry? Like, even if behind the scenes they were still buds, everybody's buds, but, like, publicly there's this, like, back and forth between two of the major... uh, I think there is. I think there is some rivalry in the breakaway roping. Between who? Don't want to say? Dang it. I get why you wouldn't. Okay. Okay, I'll say this. Not to incite controversy whatsoever. Just knowing that it does exist, I don't think is bad for the sport. As long as it doesn't spill over into stupid, right? Mm. Like, nobody wants to, like, embarrass anybody or do anything dumb. I get that. But I, I, would, like to st- I would like to think that breakaway ropers don't have to stay in the well-behaved lane that they've been kind of shoved into. And so if it does spill over every now and then... Because that's your personal buy-in, you, right? Yeah, and you have that. I mean, like, this summer we had, I think, more tension between people than we've had the last couple years. Has there been know? any of it that's been public, or is it all behind closed doors? No, we actually had a meeting in Tremont, Utah, about kind of what was going on. And um, a big thing is you had a bunch of girls. We're not all on the same page. We don't all agree with what's going on with and who agrees with who and who agrees with was what, that, you know? Was that covered by anybody, or and, was that all just, like, in-house? Let's call it all in-house, pretty much. No articles, no publication about it. No, none of that. No, it was all just came together, talked about some things that had been going on, um, some tension between some people, and kind of just got it out along the way and moved on, I guess. It wasn't ever, like I said, no public to the knowledge. But, but, I mean, breakaway ropers, I mean, we have the same tension towards people. I mean, like me and my sister, we completely stay out of it because we just kind of hang to ourselves. And and we do our own thing, but we get to hear a lot because we are friends with a lot of them, and we love a lot of people on the road. Um, But, yeah, there's going to be tension. I mean, there's good ropers, and everyone's out there for a reason. And, I mean, and we're like I said, we're girls. There's going to be tension. So, humble brag to anybody listening. I am going to find out what it was when we're done recording because that just, like, I can't stand having information that I don't know. But I'll respect that it doesn't need to be published. And I won't ever say anything publicly about it. But I'm so curious what that was. How much did it take to get in this year? Do you know what the cutoff was? 
60 something. What's your thoughts on rodeo count? Because that that's not a lot of money compared to the expenses. Do you think that a rodeo count would help people keep their money together better? Or are you on the side of go get it? No, I think a rodeo count needs to be implied. And actually this year it, it is implied. It's 100. Oh, really? Yes. In 2024, it was in 2023. No, it's going to be in 24. Yeah, good. So yes. This will be the first year it's not just a trailer race. No, but that's still way too many rodeos for okay, No, I agree. I like agree. I, it's a starting and point. We, it, it's absolutely a starting point. But they sent a thing out, and everyone that I can talk to picked 80 rodeos. Yep. We thought that was pretty even. So then we go, and uh, the board wanted 100. So we, this lady, this lawyer that it's her sister put out this big letter and it was well wrote letter and we got over like a hundred signatures in like two or three days about so a pretty unanimously the breakaway ropers are calling for it they want that they want it yeah, yeah absolutely i mean like you said the money the money's not all there yet so it's hard to make a living like i mean you have those people that go to a hundred rodeos and they go to the finals with 80 some rodeo or 80 some thousand one you know it's hard Do you- like Again, no names, but off the top of your head, can you think of people that probably won't make them again if they can't out-rodeo? Now, here's why I'm asking. If I go watch the breakaway finals, I want to watch the best 15 girls in the world. Absolutely. With no rodeo count, what that does is that lets somebody out-rodeo everybody else, and, like, they're gone all year long and maybe sneak in by out-rodeoing because why not? You're going to every single rodeo. Do you think it's a better way to filter through and make sure you're getting the best product at the end of the year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's a lot it comes down to it is, like, we can't money a lot of people. I mean, if we're not winning and it's not going well, like, we ain't going to stay out there. Sure. Because we don't have the funds to keep going, you right. know? And, yeah, you get some of those girls out there that are fortunate to have either the sponsors or the funds to do that. But, like you said, a 100 rodeo count then it's more, I think it evens the playing field. Do I think it needs to be 100? No, but I guess it's a stop in the right direction. But yeah. I think an 80 would be really good because then people have to start picking and choosing. And two, and I then think, 75 is cool because now I, you pick the best ones and then the convenient ones. Yes, absolutely. And I, I mean, I would dang sure like 75. That's for dang sure. But that, yeah, I, I mean, you do get those people that I said are fortunate to have the funds to do it and they get to go a lot harder than you get to go because right. they do right. have those they can extra afford money. It. I mean, we never got to California because I mean, eventually someday we maybe will, but you don't want to pay $12 a gallon for diesel. I, I that's the problem. I and then they stay out there for you're out there for three, four, two, three weeks, I guess. And you might run and, eight or ten calves. Yeah, and what do you do the rest of the time? Spend money, go eat out, right. go do this, go to that. And they say it's really expensive, and I'm like. Well, coming off the winter season, unless you have a really good winter run, then yeah, heck yeah, I would yeah. do it. But if not, I want to go home, work a little bit before I want to take off all summer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but like you said, it, it'll weed out some people that if you had, if you did have that, then I think then it'd be, it would level everything out. Do you have a number in mind of how much longer you want a rodeo? Is there like a set number or are you just going to see how it goes and ride it out? Or I'm going to see how it goes. Write it out. I mean, I'm fortunate to be where I am every year. Do I want to make the finals? Yeah, but do I want to do it forever? No. Rodeo doesn't define who I am. Um, it's just a passion, and I enjoy the sport. Yeah. And I love to rodeo, and I love to meet new people and see new places and stuff. And without it, I wouldn't have been able to see a lot of places. Oh, yeah. But um, it's not what I want to do forever. Do you have kind of a like a idea in your mind of what you think life will look like after? I mean, I still want to stay. Like, I would like to get more into like the futurity stuff. Yep. I think. 
Um, do you like train? You like training horses? Yeah, I I enjoy. It. That's what I get to do all winter. I mean, I get to take some down, and I I want to go and start hitting more like team ropings and barrel racings and stuff because yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, that's what I do all winter. Is I got to go down south and hang out, play. We yeah, have some something industry related, but without having to live on yes. the road. Yeah, yep. absolutely. That's I, awesome. And like this year, I I learned a lot. Like I we lost my grandpa three weeks ago, and then we lost my oh, grandma geez. two weeks ago. No way. Yeah, and so I mean being gone all the time when your parents getting older your grandparents yeah. getting older like i don't like to be away from them well and the older you get the more and, that matters yeah and losing them and stuff it's like i love to go and they're gonna push us to go but gosh dang it's so fun coming home yeah. and it's fun to not miss out on everything like you don't get like your friends and all them birthdays and, and their, uh, yeah. their weddings and all that stuff like you get those are a lot of the memories like i mean people only remember you so long and this is such a small part in my life yeah. But it's such a big part at the same time. But I love my family. And we're such a family-oriented people that I don't like to be gone that long. I like to see my brother and my parents and my grandparents and stuff. Yeah. And after losing them, you realize that time's precious. And That's the other side of the rodeo count is that by having a rodeo count someday at some point, yeah. it does allow a few of those things to come back in. Like if you do if you do miss a rodeo, you know you're going to be able to make it up somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like if something's really important and you got to be there for it, you know it. It probably allows for more of a what well, more. And I also think it'll help a lot of families because yeah. it's not easy on the road with kids and everything. Like, I think, I think being to spend that more quality time with families too and all that. I think that's a big step. Um, who's the best up and comer? Last question. Who's the best up and comer? Who's the young girl right now? Maybe she's junior high, high school. I don't know, but like the one girl that maybe the world hasn't discovered, but you know about. Do you watch stuff like that very close? Not really. Okay, then just pick. Pick someone you like. They can suck. And pick somebody. <laughs> just oh, pick somebody that you know of. <laughs> the Thompson girls always. They're over in Wyoming. Hayden, she's a senior in high school now, and they have some younger girls. Those girls are going to be tough. Hayden's going to be tough. Um, and then I know, like, Briley grew up and Tearson grew up. They're really, really good family friends with us. Um, and they do all the IFYRs yeah, and yeah. everything Guthrie, all that we've done, too. And um, they're going to be tough, too. Awesome. And so it's fun to see those younger ones that we personally have a connection with in the places that they've gone. And we've been a small help in their yeah. process where they're yeah, going to yeah. be. Well, and like what, what Kelsey did for you, I think that's one of the joys of getting older mm -hmm. is that you get to play that role for other people. And Absolutely. that's a rewarding thing, too, because you remember, right? Yeah. So it's well, cool. it's fun because you get to learn from best. Yeah. And then you get to take that on and teach that younger generation. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Thank you for jumping on. It's been awesome. Uh, Ranch and Solar Lighting Booth, welcome. I keep, like, it's weird for me because it feels like I sell a lot of lights for them because I like the product, I like the people. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I'm not an employee. I'm not an employee. I'm just their buddy. I have treated this place like I work here this, this week. And so... Welcome to the team, I say. Well, thank Even you. though I, I really am not. <laughs> I don't know what the dynamic is there. So anyway, thanks for jumping on. You're done breakaway now this week? Is all no, we start the all-in tonight. Oh, so, and that's where? Orleans. Got it. Awesome. Yep. All right. Thanks for jumping on. We'll do it again. Let's go. Let's go next year. Like this just be a like a Perfect. annual thing. I'm in. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you.